Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Sitting In. I hope you're all doing good. Just a couple of things I want to go over before we get started. First of all, just want to say thanks to everybody who's checked out the merch. Really appreciate that. I can't unfortunately see who's actually bought it, so I can't say thanks to you individually, but uh, thank you. And also thanks to the eight people who have left a review on the uh, iTunes page. So if you are finding value from this, do consider uh, getting some merch or sharing it on Instagram or just leaving a review on uh, iTunes. All of those things really do help support what I'm doing and also just get the word out there so that more people can hear about these conversations. And one other thing is that most of these episodes up until episode 8 were recorded before the COVID-19 situation. So a lot of plans have unfortunately changed for the, the artists that I've spoken to. So do go and check out everybody on social media and support what they're doing. And with that being said, today I'm sitting in with Audrey Busanich, who is a singer-songwriter and jazz musician based in Colorado, but currently studying uh, at Berklee College of Music in Boston. I've known of Audrey for quite a few years now, and so it's been really great to sit down and have a chance to talk about you know where she's at with her music and how she got there so i really enjoyed this conversation and i hope you do too cool how's it going it's going <laughs> good sweet it's a good so, day in boston not too cold <laughs> yeah good and you're kind of hanging out at berkeley nowadays i believe um so i just moved well i moved to to cambridge Massachusetts in September to like start at Berkeley um, from Colorado into Cambridge, which is like a 20 minute bus ride between where I was in Cambridge and school. And then, um, but I just moved again to a house on Commonwealth Ave, which is right by school. So now I feel like I can really, I, now that I don't, I'm not a 20 minute bus ride away, I can be at school a lot more. And um, it's really like opened up a lot more opportunity for me to um collaborate with my peers and just like immerse myself in um the Berkeley kingdom and all it has to offer (laughs) yeah I think that's a common yeah a common thing I hear by like from people who study at these kind of places like Berkeley and NYU it's like you know if you're not really near the place itself it's like you're you're missing out on tons and um I think one thing when I I went to Berkeley. I was there for a week staying with my friend. I never actually went to Berkeley, but I visited Berkeley. And I think one thing that I was most like just blown away by that we don't really have here in Edinburgh is just the community. It's like everybody, I'm not saying everybody's a great musician, but there's tons of like decent musicians just everywhere. And that must be super inspiring, I can imagine. Especially coming from Colorado Springs where, well, it was like I had a really good community there in, in the arts um, and I could walk down the streets of my hometown any time of day, any day of the week and inevitably see somebody that I knew. And so going from that to Boston, which is such a huge city, felt super overwhelming and like I, I felt like so small in this giant, massive city. Um, but sure enough, like now that you know I've been there a semester even I recognize people walking down the street there's so many people that I know and there's that sense of community which is part of the whole reason why I came to Berkeley because I knew I could get training anywhere um, from people who were good and good at what they do and that I would benefit from that but I really missed um, a broad community and people who like people to play with and um, collaborate with 
And so that was like a huge driving factor in like the whole decision to go back to school and transfer. Cool. Yeah, no, I think I totally understand what you're saying. I live in Edinburgh in the UK. And if you've not been there, it's a fairly small city, really small city. Uh, it's, it's really beautiful. Like you should definitely like check it out. What? Um, yeah, no, there's there's a great like community of musicians, but it, it doesn't go much further than like, I don't know. I feel like there's a very small pond here, um, but a very, a very good one at that. Um, so I, do, I just remember when I visited Berkeley, I was like, oh man, this is so cool. There's just musicians everywhere. And everybody was so nice as well. And yeah, I don't know if that's because I'm a foreigner and they're like, oh, cool. You've got a funny accent. Well, but I mean, like 50% of the students at Berkeley are all like uh, foreigners yeah. anyways, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of fun because <clears> like in my band, like there's a guy from Dominican Republic and there's a guy from Korea. And so there are all of these different languages in one band. Yeah. And I'm like the only American kid. And it's kind of a cool, interesting uh. shift. And nice yeah. sweet all right so fast forward back 20 20 or so years Fetch you know how yeah, <laughs> uh, oh wait a minute uh let's let's reframe that rewind 20 20 or so years um yeah let's maybe just maybe you can tell me a bit because i've known you for i think a few years now because of instagram actually like um definitely like been consuming your content for a while now and I've saw a lot of kind of changes happen, but I don't really know much about, and I doubt the audience knows much about, you know, who you are and where you came from particularly. So why don't you tell me a bit about, you know, maybe how you got into music and how you got to where you're at now? Because you've been through a lot of sort of changes, I believe. I have. So um, I started playing piano when I was three. My parents put me in lessons and, and I loved it. Like I... I remember my earliest memories are like sitting at my grandparents' piano and and playing it and then like my first piano lesson and like sitting on the stool and learning how to curve my fingers and there was like the little footprints where your feet would go because I was too short for the bench and um and and I played jingle bells and like the sense of satisfaction of hearing like you know, I knew jingle bells like the back yeah. of my hand, but then to be able to create it outside myself and hear it back was mm-hmm. a really incredible feeling. <laughs> um, so I studied, I studied classical piano really consistently until about age 13 or 14. Um, and I did like classical composition type competitions and that sort of thing. Um and I would say that while like while I really loved playing classical music uh, and playing the piano, I I always really um, I really wanted to be able to play what I could hear in my head. Yeah, if that makes sense. And and I I um, so that's like what like led me into composition. Um, but yeah, I think I always felt a little bit out of place in the strictly classical world because um like as as like a small child I would like make up new sections to compositions that were already played and like in the middle of a recital like (laughs) diverge (laughs) and my teacher would be like what happened what what are you doing um and so yeah I think that that sort of like sense of wanting to be able to articulate what I could hear in my head but not yet having like the tools to do that um I don't know I think I just kind of became a little bit tired of piano so I took about a two-year break and did some different things what age were you at this what age were you at that point 
break, the break happened at like age 13, 14. Right. So that was like 10 years of piano then. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was 10 years of like strictly classical piano. Um, and uh, so I took a break for about two years. And then at age 16, I started taking lessons again through the university in my hometown. I like enrolled while I was in high school for dual credit. Mm. Um, and started studying that's when I started taking music theory and um because like I knew classical but I started learning theory in a in a new way and like um jazz sort of jazz um jazz theory and that really opened my brain up (laughs) to this like whole new world um and I started playing at age 17 I started like learning how to play guitar and then eventually ended up in like a rock and roll band playing like dive bars every weekend and then going back to school and studying like Bach and Mozart <laughs> and Sweet. on and off. What, what were you playing in that band? Was it guitar? I was playing keys, but then I, I right. slowly started like I picked up guitar, I picked up mandolin um, and then I was singing a lot. And, and I'd say that that band, that rock and roll band was like really what got me into songwriting, which is kind of, my focus now um because I was with a group of musicians who really cared about songwriting and really just wanted to like jam on new songs and like help help me bring the music that I was hearing in my head to life in a real band environment um which is what I had always wanted to be doing even as a little kid so yeah wow cool all right so you also I I saw recently or more recently you've been playing bass a bit as well right oh yeah, so I got a bass, and I love it. If I mm-hmm. could be like, I, I haven't really had time for it, um, but I I really love it. There's something really satisfying about, like, playing the bass in a different way than any other instrument, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool, sweet. Yeah, no, I, I, I really love bass as well, although I think... I don't know, often as a guitarist, it's like you think you can play bass, but you can't really play bass. It's like that that role like is, a bass player. yeah, it's a completely different role. And one thing that I think like um, fascinates me about your approach is that you can play so many instruments like really well. And it's like, <laughs> I didn't know you'd been playing since you were three. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I think I started playing when I was 11 or 12. Um, so it's only just been 10 years on a guitar for me, roughly. Um yeah. So that's that's pretty incredible that you've managed to cram so much like instruments or s- learn so many instruments and I guess it is a long time but I just um, I just think it's really I'm, interesting. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of, I I don't even I don't even really think about it because <laughs> I don't know, I feel like when I learned like when I learned guitar it was just cuz like it was right there in front of me and I was interested in it and I was like this would be like cool and and also like practical in this setting like I can't always be hauling my keyboard around places Mm. not every venue is gonna have a piano um and then like mandolin um I needed like a clarinet for some demos so I a friend gave me the clarinet right so if you were yeah so if you were to rank uh like all the instruments you play from most comfortable to least comfortable what would it be Mm. can I try and guess yeah. All right. So I'm going to say that your voice is top, right? Yeah. And then it'd probably be piano, guitar. Uh, I'm not sure what else you play. Mm, bass, then mandolin, maybe? Or mandolin, then bass? And some sort of wind instrument. Is that right? 
nailed it. Yeah, oh, great. that's exactly Sweet. how I classify it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because I, I came across, uh, I mean, I can't even remember now because it's been so many years, but I think I came across your stuff because you were doing a lot of scat sort of solo and interest in transcriptions of jazz records. Mm-hmm. Um, so what got you into jazz? Because I can understand totally you having that idea of like, I have something in my head and I want to translate that and then improvise in junior recitals. Like it seems like yeah. you were drawn towards that part of the music but you know what was there a moment where you were like oh yeah I really want to do jazz like what yeah influenced that growing up my dad he played a lot of like like my mom was the Mozart for babies mom but then my dad was like a lot of like classic rock and then jazz stuff so um I really remember like listening to a bunch of we had like a big record of Gershwin standards um, and we w- I would listen to that a lot growing up. And then, um, but I think what really got me interested in jazz though is I started swing dancing. I started doing Lindy Hop cool. at like age 17 or so, 16 or 17. Um, and I would like spend five nights a week going to different dances with live bands and just like really immerse myself in this dance. And I really grew to love the music and to love that like swing jazz feel and then branching out into other realms of jazz. Um, and so I would say it was really through dance that I really discovered my love of jazz. Wow, that, that's super interesting. I don't know anybody else who's come to it through that way. Usually it's like, yeah, you know, I played a bit of blues and then it just eventually got into jazz and it was like, oh. right. or a lot of people are like, yeah, just it's always been around me. Um, but yeah. I know for me, it was the improvisation that drew me in. For sure. Did you grow up? Did you have like a classical background as well? going no, into no. Or was it always just like? I was just a kid, like um, just started playing like rock guitar, learned to tap and sweep and shred and do all that stuff. Yeah. And that was when I was in high school and it just translated or transferred into learning more technical guitar pieces like Joe Satriani. And then eventually mm-hmm. what happened was I was in college by this time, so I was already 17, maybe, and I still hadn't gotten to jazz. Um, and then I heard, do you know the guitar player Guffrey Govan? He's like a shredder, like... Oh, him, no. Right. I wouldn't suppose you would. But, um, yeah, I heard him playing, like, straight eighths over, like, a kind of like a funk thing, really. But he was playing, like, all these bebop lines, and I was like, what is happening here? I'd never heard that before. And yeah. I was just so hungry to find out what that information was that I could hear. I was like, what's happening? And lucky enough, I was getting lessons at the time. And that led into just looking at, um, all right, well, this comes from here. And then eventually it took ages, but I got into actually listening to jazz music. I, I ignored it for so long because I don't know. I just had this view of jazz where it was like it was so so beyond me inaccessible or something yeah and I'm not sure if that's just because I wasn't in like a jazz college or something like that but it just felt like something that was way beyond what I could have done because when we were younger everybody would be like you know like jazz guitars is like the hardest thing ever you know you can't you, nobody does jazz guitar but it's just because yeah. who you were surrounded by didn't do it right um yeah but now I'm lucky enough that you know everybody can play jazz um yeah well, that, like slappy guitar rip <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um but yeah it, it it took me um took me years but now I feel like uh you know if someone was to ask me what style of music I dig the most I can say that 
And it's funny because such a long way from my dad letting me hear a jazz record for the first time and me saying, all right, dad, I really respect you, but this sounds like nonsense to me. I do not understand it. <laughs> but that was that was eight years ago. Um, um, it wasn't that long ago. And then, yeah, just kind of, that's my that's what I like now. <laughs> long process for sure. Yeah, so growing up then, from the age of three to, sorry, what age are you actually now? 20... 22. 22, right. So three to 22. There must have been, um, <laughs> yeah, such a long time. But it's not really, you know. Um, like for like the first 10, you know, you're only so like competent. <laughs> yes, totally. And your hands are like tiny. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, has there been any like major inspirations in this whole process because so many different instruments probably so many different styles could you name pivotal sort of like names that have been like great moments okay yeah I'm sure I can so um yeah so I would say this last year has really been all of pretty much all of 2019 I I really committed to um I I just sort of thought if if life can be like a pick your own adventure type thing what am I going to choose for myself and I made a list of like the things in life that really inspired me um and made me feel really alive and I was like okay I need to like do more of that like that's a sign that like this is this is where I come to life. So why would I not do that? You know, oh. um, like musically. So um, earlier this April, I did a songwriting workshop with a gal named Judy Stakey. And she's been in like the A&R publishing business in the States for, for ages. And she runs this amazing workshop for songwriters. And I got into it and I attended and I, it was just sort of like this light bulb moment because I had been writing songs for three years at that point. I had been playing music since I was three. Um, and this was, this was just this last year that I went to this workshop. Um, but I never saw myself as like a pop vocalist. You know, I'm not going to, you know, be like the next Ariana Grande or whatever. Like that. It's funny. I, I, knew, I, I knew you were going to say her name because for some <laughs> reason, everybody at Berkeley like says that name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to be, like, some, like, you know, powerhouse vocalist in that way. Um, I'm not going to be... I don't want to be, like, a classical pianist. I Like, I felt like I have these two skills, like, as a pianist and as a vocalist, that, but I don't know how to use them. Um, and I went to the songwriting workshop, and it was just like that light bulb went on. It was like, oh, songwriting is how I use those skills. And like I use my skills as a vocalist and an instrumentalist to like convey the songs that that I write. And and that's like the modality of my like musicianship, I guess. Mm. Um and yeah, I got a lot of encouragement from Judy and um that's also when I just decided to um, transfer to Berkeley at that point um, and really like take ownership of that that part of my life and interest and um, and pursue it 
Cool. So. So you've released uh you've released an EP now or is it an album? I can't remember. I released I released two EPs. My first EP right. was when I was I think that's almost four years old now, which is oh, kind wow. of cool. <laughs> astounding. Um, and then the second one is a year and a few months old. And then in the middle somewhere, I released a single that I worked on with one of my friends and um, the guy who produced my second EP. Um, cool. So if you could describe your sound to people who haven't heard your music, which obviously everybody should check out, but if you could try and describe your sound, um, and I, I have a, problem doing this as well I find it difficult but if you could try um could you give that a bash okay so singer songwriter uh like I would say singer songwriter with like Americana jazz influences cool as I don't. I that's a that's a tricky one. Yeah, no, I'm sure it will come to you as you kind of. I don't. Know. Cool. That is a hard one to. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, difficult. That's and the I think, thing I struggle with. Yeah, every record's different, right? You know, I'm sure you could tell me what the first one sounded like. Like for me, whenever yeah, people ask like what this thing I'm working on is supposed to sound like, and I honestly find it difficult to categorize other than what I think is that it sounds like the color purple and i'm not i'm not no no no, i've spoken about this quite a bit and i don't actually but i know i'm quite good at hmm, i can draw music i like doing that like kind of abstract but i i find it easy to transfer sounds into visual things but i I don't see it it's not something i actually like see the color purple oh but like there's a visual element that's very linked to it within yeah. yourself. And I remember one time I really gave myself a chance to explore that by, I listened to, I think it was The Way Up by Pat Metheny. It's like potentially a 20 minute piece, uh, obviously largely improvised because it's Pat Metheny, but, um, and I, I drew it and I can still look at that piece and I, I actually understand it, obviously because it came from me, but I, I know I can, it makes sense to me. It might not make sense to everybody, but, um, yeah, sometimes I find it easier just to like draw a shape. Oh, it's kind of like this shape, you know. But not everybody gets it's that. It's so it's so interesting. So in my when I started voice lessons this semester, my professor was like, "How do you hear music?" Mm. And I was like, "Um, well, like in shapes." And he was like, "Okay, what is this shape?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a triangle." And then it like kind of, uh, but it's like kind of drooping on one side. And he was like, "Okay, well, I want you to think this shape instead." And oh. it was like my whole approach to the way I sang it changed because. <laughs> Ah, did you find that to be, did you find that to be beneficial, him or her, them saying, um, change the way you see it? I did. You did? I did. Yeah, for sure. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So do you find that there's a consistent, consistency in that? So say you listen to, uh, I don't know, a tune, right? Mm-hmm. And then you drew the shape of like the first melody. Um, and then say four months later, you've done the same thing. Do you think there would be a consistency? Because I know for me, there probably wouldn't be. I think it would change depending on how much I've uh, listened to it. I don't think that there would be either, but I would have to do it to really know. Because mm. the way I realized I could make this connection was actually with names. Like, um, yeah. I remember people talking about names and they're like, do you like that name? Not because I'm going to have a kid or anything, but just talking about names and 
I had to think, why do I not like the name, whatever name I don't like? And for me, it's like a, it's a textual thing. Like, Audrey is super, like, it's a very soft name. Like, I could draw that, and it would make sense to me. Whereas my name, like, I don't actually like the, name, the way my name's said. It's like Reese. It's like so sharp and then soft. Um, but the way it's written, I like that. Your, your name is like oranges and reds in my mind. Right. Because me, to me, it's like a... I could draw it. Shape as well. Yeah. Yeah, the shape would be... Uh, and again, I don't know if this would be consistent, but it'd be kind of like a V with like a little twirl at this like v because it's sharp and then it's like can i just it just dies out at the end whereas audrey to me is quite a long name uh-huh. it'd be like um just a bunch of like uh like i'll actually draw it it'd be kind of like honestly just like yeah like i like don't know waves. something like that yeah or like imagine there's lots of bubbles but the top half was cut in half and it was just the bottom. I don't know. Um, it, it's an interesting thing. And maybe I could incorporate that into like the album artwork or something. Like there needs to be some purple in there. But what's every tune gonna look like? You know. That's interesting that you say that about the colors. I think I definitely like my first EP. Each song has a sort of own colors mentally. Right. The second one also has its own like set of colors that are very different um yeah so do you find this kind of well is it a process or is it just a way of visualizing things but either way do you find it beneficial towards creating music or do you find it something that just comes secondary it's like well i could attribute these ideas to it i think it comes like alongside all right like it's it's in tandem it's not something that i like the color and shape association isn't something that I build into the piece after it's already created, but it's something that builds with it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. I think they're like tied together somehow. Um, yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it's the, it's a kind of a weird. <laughs> no, it's interesting to talk to you about, like, I've not really spoken to too many people about, um, it would be great to talk to someone who actually does have like proper synesthesia so we could chat about their perception because I know a few people um, but anyway all that kind of stuff linking into kind of your music what is like this is different for everybody and it's probably one of my favorite things to talk about but what is your creative process for like writing music so an idea comes how does it get to the end you know and where does the idea come from because I know you're really into art and um, dance obviously and I'm just interested in you know how do these um, other art forms feed into your music if they do that's quite a lot of questions there but questions okay so in terms of process I think oh well so I try to write every day um, even if it's just like first thing in the morning whatever's in my brain it's not, it's like, it's not like I write a brilliant song every day. In fact, quite a lot of times I wake up and the first thing in my brain is just like a lot of like mumblings about nothing in particular. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that gets me in the habit of saying what I think without having to judge it. Yep. And also like getting the, the junk out of the way. Um, and then I'd say like, 
in terms of like like when I go into a co-write with the song it's always like tell me like you know what's if we're not coming in with like a an idea already set to work on and we're trying to find an idea I like to like ask questions like what what have you been thinking about what's life been like for you and then there's always like a theme or an idea or a phrase that emerges from that um and then uh one of the exercises that I like to do is I like if I have a theme or sometimes like I'll have like a musical melody I'm like what does this remind me of and then I think of a story and I like I almost imagine like this was like a tent like a, a short film right like what what is this scene what is my perspective like is this um is this like the guy you know at his like mother's doorstep with like in you know like a dozen you know yellow roses and he's about to knock on the door and he hasn't seen her in 30 years or is this like the mom on the other side like washing dishes in the sink and you know it's just another regular day for her right is this like a split second moment is this an over like is this someone's like lifetime ah cool and so in order to help me like construct the song i try to think about like what what does it look like sound like feel like what is the timeline like what's what's the perspective like it's almost like constructing like a painting or right it sounds very like uh, like a very calm process where it's like all right i have an idea now i'm gonna think about it like i've i personally write a lot of uh hmm, like excitement you know like here's an idea and i just follow it and follow it and follow it and then there's numerous sketches of it as well i think that there's also like i think pretty soon like the idea once the idea gets in the driver's seat like that's what you really want you know but it's just a matter of like finding the idea that then like i i'd say like the songs that i've written that i felt really proud about felt like they wrote themselves and like it was like i was uncovering some like archaeological like dig and i just like discovered atlantis that's how it feels to me it doesn't feel like i like built atlantis if that makes sense (laughs) so out of the songs you've written are there any that stand out because you said the songs that you're proud of um maybe we could talk about that because yeah why 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 are you proud of them you know maybe you could tell us one track name and we could talk about that and i'll i'll put like maybe a snippet of it in maybe about now or something but um that's an interesting question so i (laughs) recently it's interesting that you asked me about that especially in reference to like my old work because recently I've been feeling like so like like what I have written and what I have produced feels mm-hmm. really like outdated to what I know I can produce now all right but I haven't like I haven't um been able to like release what I have created that's new if that makes mm-hmm. any sense so like um but in terms of like a song that I feel um that I feel proud of I um you can be just just tell us <laughs> so I really oh man okay so I'm just like having to think of like which one no, no, that's fine released. um okay so 
a song that I was really proud of when I wrote it would probably be um, Won't You Come Too, which mm-hmm. is off of my second EP. I've got a dream to fly among the stars, oh, won't you come to my darling? The plane seats too for a visit to the moon, oh, won't you come to my darling? When it all I liked it because to it, it felt... I felt proud of it because I could I I could like hear it back and I was like oh yeah I I can see that I know what that sounds like tastes like feels like Mm. it like I think the best songs are always ones that like like I know if there's a moment when I if I like laugh or cry as I'm writing that like that's like you know the, the song is working on me (laughs) <laughs> if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely um and so i would say that that's a song that had that like had that effect on me all right so in in terms of the the timeline of that song you know like maybe if you want to talk about maybe what it's about what is there a scene or an idea that that song particularly like you feel like it portrays well because it obviously seems to seems like it's it's moved you in a way and that process has been beneficial so was there is there an image that that kind of captures um hmm. yeah so um when i wrote it um i was just i was just thinking about like oh man uh (laughs) i'm not sure Wait, can you like repeat the question? Because I'm like a little like. All right, so we were yeah, yeah, of course. My own thoughts. We were talking about earlier. We were talking about how, when you're writing, or maybe this is a new practice, you try to think about what kind of scene or sort of timeline that the song encapsulates or what's about. I was wondering if the song that you're chatting about has a particularly strong. Is there is it is it a moment in time that's been captured, or is it a the result of something or like what inspired the song basically yeah because obviously i'm hoping people go listen to it but sometimes it's nice to know a little bit more about it i think um when i wrote that song i was uh oh man i like i have to like dig back um so it's the song is like an invitational song it's called like won't you come to like i had all of these like I think I was thinking about, like, what a beautiful thing it is to be able to invite another person into your life to share it with you. Um, And I was thinking, um, I was really, like, feeling, like, feeling that desire to, like, share my life because I, like, not only with my friends, but, like, with the people closest to me. It's, the song was addressed to, like, a specific, like, a specific person, but, um, yeah, like, I was thinking about what a privilege and a joy it is to be able to, like, invite somebody into your life to, like, share it with you and enjoy it with you. And, like, all of the all of the dreams that I have, which on their own aren't really of substance without that sharing. Cool. 
no that that sounds great like no absolutely well well articulated i know maybe it's it feels like oh i don't want to talk about what the song's about because it's per- it's personal but i appreciate you sharing that um and i think one thing i was speaking to someone recently about this and i find personally that when i know the artist for example yourself or a little bit about the context of the song i actually appreciate it a bit more some yeah, people sure. have the opposite where it's like they don't really want to know about the artist because maybe the artist's like not actually a great person and then that can <laughs> yeah like you meet your hero and you're like oh he's not nice or she's not nice yeah, yeah totally um but i i really enjoy that and i remember particularly it was when i went to new york and do you know horace bray only by name cool well um i'd known of him for a while and i only knew of him as like a guitar player really mm-hmm. and he'd done i think it was one of his first shows where he was putting his songs out where he sung as well and um it was a really nice show but i remember just feeling like extra invested in it because i knew the person a little bit you know i, I don't even know if we'd consider each other friends but um I knew of him and like where he'd come from and I think that's the great thing about social media that you know people can go back and look at what you were doing years ago <clears throat> which is good and bad but um there's a story there and when you know yeah. a little bit of it the music is like I don't know it's you have a a bigger picture potentially what it could be about and I find that quite I don't know I like it I I I'm curious so you um your new record these are all pieces that you've composed or like yeah yeah, you're talking about my new thing yeah so how do you as like as a instrumental composer like find your like your stories or or your like I mean, like, as a singer, like, my voice is, like, my voice. You know what I mean? Like, you play a guitar, which doesn't have that same, like, there's not, like, it's not, like, a fingerprint in quite the same way, if that makes sense. So yeah. I'm curious, like, in your composition, like, how do you, like, how does that go for you? How, how does what go for me? Like, 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 your composition and, like, developing your your voice as a guitarist as opposed to like, because these are also questions I'm asking is like, who am I as a vocalist and as a pianist? And like in the way that I interpret something, how does that, how do I define that? Like, how do I do that as myself? So like, I'm curious about you as a guitarist. Yeah, sorry. I'm just trying to work out what you're asking me. (laughs) I'm also trying to work out, I guess what I'm asking I'm curious about is like um like what has the process been like for you in finding my own sound my own inverted chord I like yeah I think um this is a instrumental composer and guitarist yeah so I think a lot of artists talk about this and it's maybe quite cliche now but I think it was Picasso who says you know just try and draw a perfect circle Mm-hmm. and it's the idea that well linking it into music you know you try and copy and a lot of your younger years as an artist is like trying to sound like John Mayer or something like that and eventually you realize that you're not going to be John Mayer and you settle for the indifferences and um 
in this process, you know, I've come to a point in my playing where I feel like I actually have something to say. And I've been practicing improvisation longer than I've been practicing composition. So it's kind of interesting for me because it's been a process of learning to slow down. And like, I just love improvisation. That's my thing in music. I, I'll do that all day and I, I prefer that to composition in a way. But for me, this project is like more than just my first sort of like business card as an artist, because it's obviously going to be that because Instagram doesn't quite sell what I sound like. It's just lots of random things, really. Um, but yeah, it's it's about slowing down and like trying to develop a bunch of ideas that I think represent potentially what I sound like. Not everything I sound like, because I just a like so much. A snapshot moment. of my life, yeah. But it's none of the compositions, like, I've actually got them on a whiteboard right there, so I can look at them. But none of them are like... No, I guess they are all, in a way, a snapshot of something. Like, there's a tune called The Dreamer, and that's going to be probably, like, the first single. Um, and it's the most epic out of them all. And I totally know what that's inspired by. And I guess I'll talk about that maybe once the album's released. But then there's another one that I'm not sure if it's going to be on the EP, but it's called Violet. And during that writing process, I started to get inspired in a way by something that had happened to a really close friend and the composition made mu so much more sense once I knew the story that it could relate to. So I never wrote it like for this person, but it kind of ended up being for them because it yeah. made sense. Um, but then there's another tune called Lotus, and that came out of something, you know, it wasn't meant to sound like that at all, but it just made me feel like, you know, like a, a lotus flower just like floating over water. And yeah. it's a very simple idea, but for me, that's, what the music is yeah and yes I'm not sure if I've answered your question in that but um I think the thing I'm working on right now it's just a snapshot and a snapshot of the last five years maybe um you know I'm not playing like any shredding guitar stuff because that's not really what I do now but um does that is that helpful <laughs> really interesting yes yes well, cool. I'm curious about the minds of my fellow artists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh I for for so long, but at the same time, like I, they're like, there's so much I could still don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing about Instagram. It's it's a very small part of like what everybody does, unless you're totally devoting your life to it, which I maybe did when I was in university, but that's because I had time to do it. Now I'm just like, not really that into it to be honest. But, um. Yeah, linking into sort of inspiration and all that stuff. <laughs> are there any artists that you're checking out right now that um, you feel are inspiring you massively? Because I know there's there's really a couple artists in particular this year that I've been just listening to nonstop, and they really do inspire the way I sound. Uh, Maybe not directly, like people can hear, oh, that sounds like this, but... Yeah, um... Yeah, so artists that I've I found inspiring. So, wow, did I say that right? I don't know what words yes, just came in my mouth. Yes, that's good. Um, artists that I've found inspiring this last year. So this last year, um, I had Casey Musgraves on repeat all the time. Cool. Um, I really love her storytelling style, and she's just so. I I've I found myself being really drawn to artists who are very like. 
unapologetically themselves and they're not concerned with like what sounds popular necessarily um as much as they are concerned about like creating from a place of that like integrity with self Mm -hmm. and like seeking to grow outwards from that so um yes so i've found a lot of inspiration in casey musgraves and in joy williams record um her most recent record front porch um i've been listening i've been really inspired by um by bruno major as well i was hoping you would talk about that because you got to support him like was it last year or this year yeah ah, sweet so how was that I well yeah it was like an incredible um experience and like I used to just like lay on my bed and just like listen to his music and it would fill up my room and I'd just be so moved by it and then um there was like the pickup jazz competition on Instagram where you could like you covered old-fashioned and like you'd be entered and like used whatever hashtag you'd be entered to like yeah you know, possibly open for him. And I, I actually didn't win that competition, but he shared my video and then contacted me and asked me to open for him anyways on the tour, which was like astounding. And I, I got the email and my friend had been bugging me. He was like, you've, you've got to like ask him, be like, Hey, like you're coming to my city. Like you've got, you know, can I open? I was like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I was just like, I, I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not worthy. <laughs> and, and then like, I get this email and then the title was like Bruno Major, Bluebird Theater, and then the date. And I was like, oh, my friend bought tickets and they sent me like the tickets. That's really nice. <laughs> and then I opened the email and it was like an invitation to open. Um, and yeah, I think that he's another musician who inspires me. Well, for one, like, just like sharing a a theater space with him he's very um very welcoming he's like uh, you know you meet artists who like are all stiff and like you know have their heads in the clouds about how great they are but he is so down to earth and just like is like engages with people and engaged with me and so I really appreciated that about him and that's um something that i respect and also like not only is he just like um like a very considerate like person to like share a stage with or open a show for but um like he's also just like he's like so good (laughs) he's just like an incredible musician as well so like you know uh to see those two things side by side like yes they're like no it seems like you'd be a great fit for that kind of show because i i imagine you both come from similar in some way backgrounds um there were some similarities in terms of like training that sort of thing oh and um yeah i think i was so i was at that songwriting treat when i like got the email and i like freaked out like what do i do i'm not (laughs) am i ready like and then i just was like no like i can do this and so i like yeah, and it was great. It was like one of the most fun shows I've played, and I did it all solo and with my keyboard and my guitar. And it was like, a, yeah, it was. Well, there there aren't really like words for 
that sort of feeling but yeah 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 it was just like a really big honor to be asked to open for an artist that I respect so much yeah no I can imagine that sounds sounds incredible um so we are recording this on Friday the 13th of December actually I'm not sure when it will be out but um what's happening for you in 2020 because obviously you're I imagine you're super super busy with college and studying but is there anything exciting happening so yeah so my my plot for next semester is to really so I'm going on tour um which is like still yet to be officially announced but um in end of May and beginning of June 2020 I'm doing a tour um in the states and so really my plan for this next semester is to really develop that show and develop the songs that I have been writing this last year for that and then release a couple of singles I have a couple in the works currently um to be recorded and released um but yeah so because because kind of like I said earlier I have this old work but it's not it's like a snapshot and it's it's valid and but I I need to be and I want to be like continuing to grow and present something new so that's my sort of plan over the next seven months is to get those singles released have my new um and have my like my new show prepared and um, so is that is that a band show? It's gonna be solo. So my friend Abigail Orsborn and I are co-touring together. So cool. she's another solo artist we've co-written together, and um, yeah, so we're planning that together. And I'm I'm really stoked about it. <laughs> Sweet. So I guess I don't know if you want to talk much about it because it's not released yet, um, or it's not not been announced. But how many instruments are you gonna bring on tour with you? For sure, keyboard and guitar, and um, potentially, uh, potentially a couple other instruments. So yeah, for sure too. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I wish I could say that. Like, I, I if there's one instrument, I could just not that I'd want to switch guitar for something, but I just wish I could play piano to the like the way I can express myself on guitar. I wish I could do that on piano um yeah but I think that's partly what maybe you know maybe it's best just to keep it on guitar because it's going to push me in a way that's like not mm-hmm. maybe the same as every other guitarist but um yeah no I just wish I could play piano like yeah but I don't try at all that's a thing like you should you should see this is the only piano I have I'm actually going to show you because it's embarrassing I used to have like a a big a big one but I sold it because I didn't use it this is my piano it's so it's, a, it's a it's a MIDI keyboard that I use for like just rubbish sounds basically. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm not good at keyboard. I wish I was, but I'll just play guitar. But actually, one thing that'd be good to talk to you about briefly is so um I don't do this for my artistry, but I do for workshops that I do. I do a lot of workshops actually with like young kids and in this last year I've had to sing more than I've ever sung in my whole life Mm. um and I love it I really do um and you know I might be singing songs like you know like you've got a friend in me and stuff like that or like our pop songs that's such a good song yeah no it's it's fantastic and I, I love singing it but um if you could give advice to um 
anyone starting to sing who's already a musician you know like someone who like me for example what advice would you give because I know very little about vocal technique I only just learned that if I'm going for a high note I don't want to stretch my neck I want to try and keep my chin level I believe um but like I have no technique and I'm not going to sing down a mic for you just now <laughs> but um if you could give you know like two pieces of advice to someone learning to sing what would it be this of advice to somebody learning to sing would be I think the thing that's helped me most is um, like is an understanding of like the anatomy of my voice right and so that I can like actually express myself cool. in the ways that I want to so um, yeah I would say like like learn the anatomy of the, the voice and then and then that just like allowed me so much more freedom to to actually like sing the way I wanted to. But then and then also so like yeah, learn the anatomy of your voice and like technique and then find stuff that you love to sing that like but sing it in the way that you would sing it or find stuff that, that suits like you and your delivery fashion because I think that that's that's something that I've kind of been like running up against <laughs> I had this like little like breakdown being like I feel like I'm running into like all of the problems in my voice but I haven't spent the right amount of focused time and energy to like fix those problems and so right. I'm just getting frustrated and my professor was like honestly he's like you you're fine like you don't really have any of those like you don't have these like big problems like you think you do I think that you just get too up in your head about it and overanalyze and he's like you need to learn to love your voice for what it is and for its unique qualities and then use it and sing songs that you love because there are people who need your instrument who don't have it without you totally no that's that's fantastic advice say yeah learn technique so that you can be free with your voice and then really love your voice and and because it's really special it's like a fingerprint it's so yeah unique. i think i know like i would love to run with that idea like there's something i'm going to go to in one minute i don't want to keep you too long because you're probably busy but um that applies to all instruments yeah you know the thing about drawing a perfect circle that's that's what it's about and learning to love you know the way your circle lo looks it's like yeah i remember linking into my point I wanted to go to reading Kenny Werner's book Effortless Mastery and had so many light bulb moments reading that um and yeah I recommend it to all my students like particularly people who are like you know I, I sound bad or if they're trying to get into improvisation but they feel like they have nothing to say um I always recommend reading Effortless Mastery so I guess the final thing I want to quickly chat to you about is have you taken any of his lectures at Berkeley at Kenny Werner not yet not. Do you, are you familiar with his work I mean, in fact, you recommended that book to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have not read it uh, yet. But check it out. <laughs> it's so, so good. Everybody says that to me. And I'm like, just check it out, please. Because yeah. it's, oh, it's phenomenal. And I always, I even know what chapters. Yeah, I remember speaking to my. What, what do you want? I'll, I'll put the book <laughs> on my list. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just, it's a great, um, it'll open up your, uh, hopefully it'll kind of inspire you in, in some way. It really did for me. It was kind of a pivotal, like. It, yeah it was great came at the right time but yeah anyway i hope uh hope everybody goes and checks out your music and sees what you're up to in the uh 
Oh, what are you going to say? I have one question. I just thought sure. of this real quick. So when you're soloing, all right, what's going through your head as you're like thinking? When I'm soloing. All right, this might take more than two minutes. I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> I think... All right, it depends on the context. Let's just say it's something I'm comfortable over. Because let's face it, if I'm if I'm playing giant steps, I'm thinking about the changes, right? It's yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to make that happen. But if it's like my own material, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about how I could make the most out of whatever just happened to make it simple and tell a story through that. There's two things that are... One thing in particular is really important, I think is like some sort of development. And having a sense of structure, you know, where am I trying to go, but how can I make the most of what just happened and, like, get there? It's, I guess that's all I'm trying to think about. Yeah. Um, and within that, there comes all the little things that are like, you know, am I going to add tension? But I'm not really thinking about that. I'm just thinking, like, oh, we're going here, and that's getting me to this point. Um, but I think, honestly, the first thing I play, if I'm in the right zone... The first thing I play is like, all right, that's the idea. And everything after that should develop from that. I don't, I, I really try to practice not jumping around too much into like random ideas that aren't related. And you know what? To someone listening, they might hear that. But mm -hmm. when I'm really on it, like, trust me, it relates in some way. <laughs> yeah. um, and again, I think that's something I probably learned from Kenny Werner is like, he talks a lot about just playing a note and just accepting what happened and working with that and I was actually teaching someone last night about this and I was saying it's like watch I'll, I'll play something bad right but I'm gonna make the most out of it and that bad thing became like super cool because I embraced it yeah so right, I guess when, yeah. when I'm oh, I'm trying to make this not too like spiritual but like when I'm soloing I'm just trying to embrace what's happening and accept what wants to come and for me if there's one thing I can say that I do it's that I'm honest with my music, and that's what I sh that's all I strive for, to be honest. So there, and I, I would like to reverse that question to you, if you want to answer that. Uh, well, so I've had to. I'm still not particularly comfortable all the time with soloing. Um, uh, but when I like the thing that's like helps me is like if I'm scat soloing, I will like imagine that I'm having a conversation. And then I'm like, like that, like I will hear words in my head, but what's coming out aren't words. But if that makes any sort of yeah, sense, yeah, no, at I've all. actually practiced that as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's what I've been doing. And and there was this sort of like mind blowing thing that happened. Like I was soloing over these like changes to this track that I like had not heard before. They were very like non diatonic. What was it the was track like, this is a very um I I don't even remember. It was just like a jam that the, the band was playing. And um and it was totally unfamiliar to me. And I was like first like just stumbling over every single change because it was just not like yeah. there was nothing that I felt like I could anchor to until I like noticed the pattern that was like floating under. Mm -hmm. And as I started like doing that, imagining I just like shut my eyes and I was just like, I'm just having a conversation with somebody and I'm listening to like what's going on and like responding yep sort of and there was like this this sort of like thing this shift that occurred that went from me like stumbling over the changes to like me with my eyes closed and it was like the inside of my body was like this whole forest 
it was like illuminated and I was like walking through this forest like talking to these trees and the solo in my head and then I like opened my eyes at the end of the tune and was like where am I like what am I even doing and like my professor was there he was like that was like what that was amazing what happened I was like I don't know (laughs) yeah I think maybe to answer your question again it's like I don't know (laughs) you know really (laughs) like I mean I'm not sure either one way and then it like develops itself yeah I'm just trying to express something and I guess that something is uh I guess it's supposed to be me in some way but also that is largely part of something else maybe it all often I feel like when it's really like truthful and authentic for me like when the music I'm creating is like in that that spot it feels like it isn't so much me exactly like it is but it isn't right yeah some sort of like extraterrestrial connection <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> totally all right so excuse me <clears throat> so if people want to check out your stuff where can they go to find out a bit more so, about you um there's my website audreybusonich.com b-u-s-s-a-n-i-c-h or if you go to Instagram and just type Audrey.bus, B-U-S-S, the rest of my name Comes should, up. like, pop up. Because <laughs> it's, like, Yugoslavic nonsense. Oh, right. Peace on it. I don't know. Yeah, cool. so that's that's probably the, the hub of where you can find, find your way. <laughs> Into your sound. Great. Well, it's been um been fantastic talking to you. Maybe we can catch up after your uh your tour and see how that went. Yeah, that would be great. It was good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. And that's the end of episode seven of Sitting In with Audrey Busanich. Make sure to go and check her out on social media. It'll be linked in the description of this podcast. And if you're getting value from this podcast, do consider getting some merch at teespring.com forward slash sitting dash in dash podcast